0: I would like to dedicate this year to the memory of Arav Dr. Avigdor Banchek, It's in front of the Drukha. Dr. Banchek was the author of the very well-known uh, series called What's Bothering Rashi? And other sort of about Rashi. Uh, Dr. Banchek, whom I had the privilege of meeting and having an extended conversation with one time, was very knowledgeable about Rashi about understanding Rashi in general. And in particular, I think he was the, the world's champion in what he called a type the type two Rashi. The type two Rashi, as Dr. Banchuk explained, was a kind of Rashi comment, which consists of just a word or two that Rashi interpolates, that he sticks in to his quotation of a fosak. And sometimes it is really rather cryptic what is Rashi trying to tell us with just the insertion of a word or two? Just kind of gluing the Pusik together in some way. But uh, Dr. Banshek had a uh, a very uh, a very well-tuned approach to these kinds of Rashis. And uh, since we are going to discuss such a Rashi today, I'd like to dedicate this year to his memory. He was Niftar, uh, I think, about two years ago. In Parshish Shlach, we read about the Meraglin. Moshe Rabbeinu sent spies to the land of Canaan to see what kind of a land it is, to see what the people were like, to see in what way, what would be the best way to conquer it. And they came back with a very negative report. They came back and they said, the people are giants and they live in fortified cities and will never be able to take it. And Why did you bring us out of Mitzrayim. And eventually we come to the following pasuk. This is Perik Yadalit pasuk Tess. And Moshe Rabbeinu says to the people. Actually, let's take a quick look. I don't think it's Moshe Rabbeinu speaking.
1: It's Yeshua and Kovach who are speaking to
0: the, to the people. They say, But against Hashem, do not rebel. And you, plural, do not fear the people of the land, the people of the land of Canaan. They are our bread. We can just gobble them up like bread. Their shade has passed away from them. Rashi explains their righteous men amongst them are no longer there to protect them. Vashem and Hashem is with us, al do not fear them. And here Rashi makes a very short cryptic comment on the words al-tim do not rebel. Rashi says vashuv, and then vatem al and then you do not fear. Now, all Rashi has done, he has inserted one little word into his quotation of the Pasek. al raidu that's a quotation from the Pasek. Al-Tiru, Atem-Al-Tiru, those are all words that are in the Pasek. What has Rashi added? and then, or after, what is he getting at? What is he trying to tell us? I think in order to understand this, we need to raise the following general question. The following Chakira, an investigation. Which came
1: first in this story? Was
0: it their rebellion against Hashem or was it their fear of the Canaanite? Now I think most people, myself included, when we read Parsha Shlach, when we read this story, we tend to assume that the Meraglim went to Eretz Israel. They saw the people who lived there, they saw they're very strong, they saw their cities are strong, the people are strong. And so then they, they got nervous, they did not have sufficient bitachen, sufficient trust in a Kodesh Baruch Hu. they got nervous and therefore they then turned that into a rebellion against the Kodesh Baruch Hu and against Moshe Rabbeinu. They then said, well, now, what are you doing to us? This is an impossible task that you are putting upon us why you do this, why are you doing this to us? I think that's how most people look at it. And maybe that is correct, but perhaps there's another way to look at it. Perhaps the the real understanding of the Parsha should be that really they had a certain rebellious nature about them. Perhaps it is simply part of human nature that people don't want to accept authority. I think we can recognize we can all of us can recognize some little bit of that in ourselves. Some of us more than others, but I think everybody, everyone can feel within themselves some. There is some little nikkuda, some little point within our personalities that that doesn't want to give in to others. Doesn't want to do what someone else wants to do. We want to do what we want to do. And because of that natural internal. Resistance to the authority of Akodashborakul and to the authority of Moshe Rabbeinu, they therefore found an excuse. They found something on which to hang their their hang their hat of rebellious nature. They found that the, the people of Canaan are not an easy people to conquer. If they would have gone in and seen, and seen there are a bunch of four-foot-tall people with, with with no muscles and no no skill in using weapons and no no skill in manufacturing weapons. So then maybe they would have, they would have said, okay, we'll do what you want. We'll go conquer them because it's easy. But once they saw that it was not going to be so easy, or apparently it wouldn't be so easy. They then had something on which to hang their already rebellious nature. So which came first? Not which came first, the chicken or the egg, but which came first, did their, fear of the Canaanim come first, which caused them to then launch a rebellion against Maesha Rabbeinu, or is it their rebellious nature which came first? Then they found an excuse, they found some, some content upon which to hang their rebellious nature, and so they rebelled. And I think we find both sides of this, both sides of this investigation in some of the in the fourshim, some of the commentaries on this pasuk here, Ravina deChaya says as follows: Ach v'shem altim Against Hashem, do not rebel. He says, The, the pasuk is teaching us, who married the World." The fear of the people, meaning the fear that the Maraglam had of the people in Canaan, that is a rebellion against the Kodesh World. To have that feeling that you're afraid of the people in Canaan, that constitutes a rebellion against the Kaddish World. He'll explain more. And so said Shlomo in Mishle, A person's fear, a person's trembling, can give or can create a trap. And the Rebbeinah V'chai explains it. The trembling that a person trembles, the fear that a person fears from another flesh and blood, the fact that I perhaps fear some other human being, <inaudible> that gives, that creates a stumbling block and a trap for the person's soul. The fact that some, that you fear from another human being, that is a rebellion against the Kaddish world. Really, you should trust in the Kodesh Oh, you're afraid of that big tall guy with the machine gun? That's a little bit of a rebellion against the Kodesh <speaking in Hebrew> And it causes the person that the person should forget the Kodesh <speaking in Hebrew> And this is what the prophet Yeshaya said <speaking in Hebrew> Who are you that you should fear from a person, from a mere person who is going to die, from a mere mortal person, and that you should fear from a the son of a man, from a human being, who ultimately will be given over to grass, meaning ultimately he'll be buried and he'll just be pushing up daisies, as they say. He'll just be a fertilizer for grass. Who are you that you should fear from a person? and thereby you forget Hashem, your Maker. So we see here Rebbein is, I think, I think this is what he is saying. He is saying that, Ach Hashem al-tem reidu, Atem al-tiru is essentially the same thing. It's just two ways of referring to the same thing. By fearing the Knanin, that in itself is the merit, that is the rebellion against the Kaddish world. In other words, like the first side, the first side of our investigation. They feared the people in Canaan, and then they, when when they were afraid, so either that in in, in, in and of itself constitutes a rebellion against the Kodesh or or it leads to, the Rabbeinah Bechayah says both ways, I'm not sure which one is the the more, uh, which one is more primary, but perhaps it means You feared the Knanim, and that led to your losing faith in a Baruch Hu, losing trust in a Baruch Hu, which means you are rebelling against a Baruch Hu. Ranban, I think, says something similar. He says it in, in much fewer words. But Ranban says, The understanding of the words, Your fear, of the people who dwell on the land, this that you fear the Canaanim, who married B'Shem HaNechpat. That is a rebellion against Hashem, the great honorable name of Hashem. It's not through your own powers that you left Mitzrayim. Actually, it was the hand of Hashem who did with you wondrous things to take you out of Mitzrayim. And he promised you that he would banish the Canaanim from in front of you. So, him came, if so, ha b'ai believe in him, trust in him, and you'll be successful. This that you are afraid of then, that's a rebellion. So in other words, the being afraid, the fear, the fear of the Canaanim came first, but that constitutes, that is, a rebellion against the Kaddish Boruch. But it starts with the fear. It starts with that lack of Trust in because they feared the Kanada. I would put these two commentaries on the same side of the question. They say the fear came first. But if we look now at Rashi, I think we can understand what Rashi' is trying to tell us. On the words "altim reddu," words "altim the viatem al Rashi inserts one word in the middle of the fass, the Shuv. Don't rebel, the shul. and then, and afterwards, atem al-tiru, and then, it seems to be a promise, and then you will not be afraid. Rashi seems to be saying the other way around. Don't rebel. Banish that rebellious nature from your heart, that nature that you have, that probably every human being has, unless the person has really... Uh, Reached a very high level of perfection, but that nature that you have, that you resist authority, that you resist giving in to someone greater than yourself, get rid of it. Don't rebel against what, the, what Hashem or Moshe Abenu or some other figure of authority is telling you in good faith what to do. We're not talking about tyrants, but we're talking about things that you should listen to. And yet, there's a natural tendency not to want to listen. So, al don't rebel, Vashuv, and then the atem al and then you won't be afraid of the knanim either. Because once you take that rebellious nature out of your heart, then you'll have no fe- you'll have no reason to fear the knan. The, the, the fear of the knanim is not really where this all started. It really all started with al timredu. It really all started with that you had this rebellious nature. When you saw the knanim are big and strong, then you had where to hang your hat. You had something to pin it on. I'm not going to listen to Hashem. Why? I'm looking for a reason. Why not? Why? Why not? There could be a variety of reasons. Maybe the mistress are too hard. I don't want to give up eating pig. I, I, I would really like to, uh, to commit all kinds of acts of immorality. I don't want to stop doing that. There are a variety of reasons. Why a person might rebel against, how a person would express his rebellion against the Kurdish world. Here they expressed it and they, and they pinned it on the fact that the Knanim are a fear inducing nation. They, they are big and strong and they do have fortified cities. So Yeshua and Caleb said to them, "Altim roidu, do not rebel. And if you'll stop having that rebellious nature, and then you'll have nothing to fear. If we look at the comments of the Mitzv on this pasuk, I think we, I think we can say that he is going in the same direction. The Mitzv goes on the words, He says, Hashem's gift of Eretz Yisrael, so the Jewish people is dependent on this, o shemaya. that you should accept upon yourself the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. Whoops, I did it again. Okay, pardon me. Hold on one second. Hashem's gift to the Klay Yisrael is dependent on Shetiyu Mikablin Al Malchus Let's try that one more time. O Malchus Shemay. And you shouldn't be like those people who wanted to pull off the yoke of the kingdom of heaven from on their heads. That's called a rebellion against Hashem the king. They had a desire. They wanted to to rebel. They wanted to remove the yoke of heaven from their necks. And that's the key. The key is you can't do that. The, the, the fear of the Canaanim is secondary, I would say. I think that's what the Nitzvah is trying to say. The fear of the Canaanim is secondary. The first thing is, stop being rebellious. Stop trying to get out of doing what you have to do. As, and as a general principle, stop that. Stop resisting Ophodosh Baruch authority. authority. And then you won't be afraid of the Canaanim. You'll have no reason to be. What do you need to be afraid of them? But the first step is the Shuv, the first step is Altam right. I think that's what Rashi is saying in this very short little comment, this little type two Rashi comment, as, as it was called by Dr. a friend in the Bracha. And I think there is a continuation. We can continue this Machlakis. We can show how some more ramifications
1: of the Machlakis.
0: We go back to the pasuk. We will see that the word, the words, well, the words, essentially the same two words, slight, slight difference. We have at the beginning of the pasuk the words
1: altiro, and we have at the end of the pasuk
0: altiro. Almost the same. It means do not fear them. Here it just says altiro, and then it, the object of the fear is spelled out es amarotz. And in the end of the Pasik, it says "Altiru, Ru'um, do not fear them. So it uses a pronoun to represent the object of the fear. But essentially the same phrase two times.
1: Rabbeinah Bechaya
0: comments on this. He says the first altiru means don't fear. I mean, it's obvious. The first, the first part of this is obvious. When it first says Altiru. It means don't be afraid of the people of the land of Canaan. But the second time it says says that is referring to the Sari Mala, that is referring to the celestial the rulers of the land of Canaan. Every nation has certain malachim which are assigned to it to protect it and to guide it. Of course, under the guidance and under the control of the Kaddish Hu, but every nation, excluding Chal yourself. but every nation has a certain malach that is in charge of its affairs or a certain malachim. In the case of Canaan, Canaan is really not one nation, it's really seven nations, maybe even more than that. So the second half of the Pesach is saying, don't be afraid of their Sare malach, don't be afraid of their heavenly officers who control their affairs. Rashi, I think would understand differently. First of all, Rashi does not mention the sorry Mama, And if that were true, I think that would definitely be something that Rashi would mention. I mean, if that's if that's how Rashi understood the pusik I think he would definitely have spoken that out. But I think there's a reason why Rashi doesn't go in that direction. Because according to the Rashi, there's a different way to explain this repetition of the phrase al or al The first phrase, al would appear to be ha it's a promise. It's saying, stop rebelling against Hashem, and if you will do so, vashud, then al you'll have no need to fear them. I promise you, you won't be afraid of them. The second time it says, vashem itanu al there, it's in command form. It's not vashod commanding, it's Yeshua and Kaleb, I mean, it's not a command of the Torah, but in grammatically, it is what's called a Lashain Sigurd. They're saying, don't be afraid, not you have no reason to be afraid. We're promising that if you won't rebel against Hashem, you won't have any reason to be afraid. No. And the second time it says Al tira um," I think we can say, according to Rashi, that Yeshua and Kaleb are saying, we're commanding you, we are urging you, we are admonishing you, Al tira um, do not fear them. That fits very well with Rashi. Rabbeinah Bakhaya, of course, did not understand like Rashi. Rabbeinah V'chaya understood. al tem the yatem-al-tiru is all really one thing. Don't hear the K'nanim, which is a form of rebellion against the Kodesh Baruch. So then he had a problem. What does it mean at the end of the process? al tiru why is that being repeated? Rabbeinu B'chaya had to come up and he had to say a sort of a midrashic interpretation that Al-Tirahum was referring to the Malachim in heaven who are in charge of the Canaanite nations. Rashi didn't have to resort to that. Rashi could stick to the pshat. Al-Tiru the first time means you will have no need to fear them. It's a promise. Al-Tirahum, Yeshua and Kalav are admonishing the people. They're ordering the people. Do not be afraid And I think we see
1: another, perhaps another manifestation in Pasuk Yirav. Just two
0: psukim later, we find the following Pasuk. Or how long, up till where, how far will this nation anger me? Meaning the call Yisro. Yad ana loyaminuvi. And how far will they not trust in me? With all of the signs and wonders that I did in their midst, they should trust in me already. That's what the Pesach says. Now neither Rashi or Rabbeinu Tam or or, or Rabbeinu Bechaya comment very much on this Pesach. But I think we can say that each one of them would have explained it differently. According to Rabbeinah Bechayah, how much will this nation anger me? And how much will this nation not trust in me? Is essentially the same thing. So we have to read the passage as follows How much will this nation anger me? By means of not trusting. Me. That was Hakodesh Baruch's quote unquote complaint. How much longer are they going to anger me? through not trusting in him. According to Rashi, I think the explanation of the Fasuk is going to be a little bit different. According to Rashi, the, the explanation of the Fasuk I think has to be is parallel to means for how long are they going to anger me? For how long are they going to resist me? And Ad is a manifestation of, of, of what they did because they resist me. It's two different things. It's not A came Al Yuday B. It's not that A came about because of B. It's A, it's the other way around. A caused B. They started out with you not know, Sunni. They want to anger me, meaning they don't like me. They, they resist my authority. They resist my El Yonut, my... my, my my superiority, and because of that, because of that, they didn't trust me, and they continue not to trust me. I think that's how Rashi and Ravena B'chaya would understand this pasuk in different ways. And I think there is a parallel to this disagreement. We have here Ravina B'chaya and Ramban on one side, Rashi on the other. I think we find the same machlekas, very similar machlekas between Ranban and Rashi in Parshas Baal The begin. it has been uh, noted by uh, people with longer beards than my own, that the first few sections of Parshas, of Sefer B'midbar, so the whole Parshas B'midbar, the whole Parshas Nasai, the beginning of Parshas Baal they describe a very ideal situation of Kali Isra. We are all together, we are in the, we are, Uh, arranged in De Golem around the Mishkan, Those who are, uh, have become temporarily tame have to keep their distance. We are very holy. We are with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The problems start in the middle of Parshas Baalaisa. In the middle of Parshas Baalaisa, there's a shift. The Torah begins to tell us about the sometimes um, unfortunate reality. And the first manifestation of these unfortunate realities is what's called the Mis'ayninim. Pasek says, The people were like Mis'ayninim, and we will discuss what that word means in a moment. the They were saying something or doing something that was bad in the ears of Hashem. And Hashem heard this and his anger burned, and the fire of Hashem burned against them, the fire raged against them, and it consumed the edge of the machan. Now, there are, of course, many, many things to talk about in this Posseh, but first and foremost, what does it mean? Kim- no, pardon me.
1: What does it mean that they were mis-ayninim? What is the translation? What is the meaning of that word? What were they doing? Rashi says, let's go first to the Ranban.
0: Ranban says, he tells us that when the people finally moved away from Harsinai, says Harsinai was part of the issue. Harsinai was close to the settlements close to civilization. But at that now this the, the narrative that the Torah is they finally moved away from Harsinai. And they came into this great and and awesome wilderness, the Masaharish, in their first travel, they were expressing their pain, saying, nasa? what 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 should we do? The is a, how can we live now in this Midbar? What should we eat and what should we drink? How can we suffer? How can we bear the, the toil and, and, and the suffering? How will we ever get out of it? When they saw the, the, the Midbar that they were now going to spend time in, uh, they, 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 were, they, were, they didn't know what to do. The Ramban says meaning the word comes from the word, it is similar to the word, Adam What will a live person complain about other than his chatoim, other than his sins? That's a Fasik in Echa. This is a word which it, it, it describes a person who is pained and, and, and distressed. About himself, When the person says, oh, what am I going to do?" That's called mitznein in Russian, The chain ben Oni, when uh, Rachel gave birth to the child whom we call in Yemen, but she uh, called him Ben Oni because she was she died in childbirth, and she saw the child born, and she passed away very quickly afterwards. So she, while she was still alive, she called this child Ben Oni, meaning Sari, you are the son of my pain. You are the son of my distress. Ramban continues. We'll skip a few words. When the Pasek says that the people were misident, which means they were expressing their pain and their distress, the Torah has already, meaning thereby, the Torah has mentioned and told, of their sin. So according to Ramban, what does it mean? by The people were complaining, and they were expressing their pain, and I think we can say they were expressing their lack of Bitahan in Hashem. It's was really, it's not a problem for a Kodesh Baruch to keep you alive and keep you safe and warm and comfortable in the midvah. no problem. But they, they didn't believe that. They, didn't, they couldn't internalize that. They were
1: complaining. That's the sin.
0: What does Rashi say? Rashi says completely different. The word means a plot. It means an excuse. They were seeking a they were seeking an excuse how to separate themselves from a Kurdish world. In other words, very similar, I think, to what Rashi says about the Maragla. Just like Rashi says that, just as, it, as we understood from Rashi, I'm not going to go so far as to say Rashi says it, but just as we understood from Rashi in Parshishlach regarding the, the Maragla that they had, a, they were rebellious. They were, had a rebellious nature. They were rebellious and then they looked at the Canaanim and they got scared. That was like an excuse. That was like a place to hang their hats. But it really started with a rebellious nature. Over here, by he also they were looking for a way to be They were looking for a way to disassociate themselves from a kodesh Hu, to not be subject to the will of a kodesh because it seems like it's, it's human nature. We don't want to give in. We don't want to let anybody else be boss. They were looking for a way. OK, they found themselves in the Midbar. Uh, Rashi actually a little bit later says uh, they were traveling very quickly through the Midbar. They said, oh, we never we never get a chance to rest. We're always march, 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 march. There's, there's no chance to it. That's only an excuse. The real point is, I don't want to be subject to Hashem's will. Ranban, I think say, I think he is following his line of reasoning, but that's not what's going on. No, what's going on is that they, they perceived that there's a very big challenge, that there's a very difficult task in front of them, and they forgot who's... Who is, uh, who is empowering them to deal with the challenge. They forgot that it's a Kodesh world. and therefore they were overwhelmed by the challenge. They said, hey, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna eat? How are we gonna ever get out of here? It didn't start with rebellion. It, that in itself is a rebellion, the fact that you don't trust in a Kodesh world. I think we see here on, on both psukim, a very fundamental machleikas, I think both sides are um, at least conceptually true. They are both they are both real phenomena. One phenomenon is the, 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 what the Ramban and Rebbeinu Bechaya said that we don't always have sufficient trust in a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and we are overwhelmed by certain challenges, and therefore we panic and we forget about a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's one phenomenon. But there's another phenomenon which I think we have to be even more aware of. We have to remind ourselves even more because it's, I think it's a little more insidious. And That is that we have within ourselves a desire to be to be more than to be rebellious. We have within us a desire. As Rashi says in Parshas Bo, we, we have this nature. At least most of us don't want to give in to the authority of the Kodesh Boruchem. And then we look for problems. If there'd be no problems, if everything would be, as one of my rebellions used to say, if everything would be hunky-dory. He was, uh, he was uh, born and raised in, uh, in uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania in the 1930s, roughly, uh, that's how he spoke. If everything would be hunky-dory, okay, so we'll, we'll go along with what a Kaddish Barakha wants. But as soon as there's a challenge, as soon as there's a difficulty, then we express and we act on our basic, rebellious, authority-resistant nature. That, that's, a very, uh, that's a very dangerous tendency that we have and that we have to, we have to watch.